trade services, Lavazi and Book1.co.uk present the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast. Hello and welcome to the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast, episode 572. I'm Adam and... Oh, delete. I don't think they say that, but I can't be asked to do it. Uh, um, and here's Robert Haynes. Upgrade in progress. What did you say upgrade, did you say? If you said upgrade, <laughs> that's what my one was going to be, but I forgot it. Mary Lang. Yes. Get me to a table and somebody tie me up. Kirby Ooh! <laughs> Mary. Kirby Bartlett Sloan. We've got a golden ticket. I thought I've, I've just remembered my quote. Will you marry me? No. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. This week it's Nightmare in Silver, and um, let's are, try... are we going to talk about the episode first? Or are we going to talk about any news that happens to have happened? No, it's not the news section, Kirby. Do you what not? Have you were never on this show and know the, the <laughs> format in which the show runs? Yeah, but it's rather yeah. important news, so Tough. I guess we'll we'll get to it. Yes, we'll get to it. Uh, just I mean, especially if it's on the, the the page that I use for for, for news anyway. I'm, of course, I'm saying, it's you're there. not talking about blooming, the passing of Matthew Perry or anything like that. Uh, that also will become under that section of the show. So anyway, let's see if we can bash through True. this episode. Uh, uh, the TARDIS materializes on what appears to be the moon. Oh dear, I've got the sound up. That was a good sound effect, actually, with the TARDIS door what opening. Was that? Yeah. And then yeah. um, they uh, all rather annoy. Was that your stomach? What? What do you mean? Is that my stomach? Oh, you've lost me. No, I heard okay. some noise. Oh, no, it's a, never mind. Um, yeah, Lillian Robin says you mean the Crimson Aura. And that, that, like I said before, it's only one character in that story that calls it the Crimson Aura, who's out of place and time because he's not from the north. So. I'm not going to say it again. Anyway, so um, the annoying part of that particular scene, of course, when the TARDIS lands and the dip, sorry, materialises, the door opens, they all peer out the door, one on top of the other or the other way around, which is a bit irritating, but never mind. Uh, yeah, so the, do the Doctor is taking them to a, uh, a space theme park. Uh, he's very excited, as he usually is, and of course, uh, as we probably would guess, it's not quite what we, uh, they or we expected it to be. Um, and then a, a chap with a bowler, oh, sorry, a top hat comes out of a, a, a shadow in You're some Will, ways. Willy Wonka? Yeah, comes out of a shadow so, in some ways, sort of he's hiding from someone. And um, then a load of soldiers turn up, and um, I'm just moving on a little bit. The kids are a bit sort of taken aback by what's going on. Then Tamsin Althwaite turns on, and the doctor says he's got a, a golden ticket uh, for the theme park. I just said and, that. And then, I have one too. And then... Um, <laughs> The, the doctor has to explain himself quite quickly, and so he uses these, uh, the psychic notepad, and off go the soldiers, and everyone's shown this destroyed theme park. It's a bit like it needs a bit of work done to it. It's like Camelot up north somewhere in Britain. The theme park we went to is now uh, not being used anymore. And is yeah, they mentioned, uh, I listened to a uh, podcast about uh, roller coasters and theme parks, uh, and they were actually brought up a uh, bunch of facts about the closed Camelot theme park 
sounded really interesting. That's a good, it was a good little theme park, actually. If we went there, every time we used to go to Blackpool, we used to go there. And anyway, where do I get up to? Uh, oh, yeah, and then uh, the, the chap takes um, them into his little sort of place, I suppose, where he lives. It looks like a little museum of stuff. And um, and then he takes this sort of... Wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey stuff. Yeah. He has a like a, there's a objects under a, a a cover which he lifts the cover off and get down Cyberman and and, and we get the title sequence uh, uh, obviously the the allegedly exciting part of it being written by Neil Gaiman yes. uh, but unfortunately um, Kirby doesn't like Neil Gaiman <laughs> stuff so it's always going to be a bit bit of a damn squib for poor old Kirby what? particularly hates uh, Neil Gaiman what are you talking work. about anyway do you like this story. I'm not telling until the end. They've already told us about umpteen times beforehand. Um, anyway, you said it's the <laughs> most. You said it was the most appropriately named yes. Doctor Who story of all. I did. Yes. <laughs> when? <laughs> anyway, so there's this. The Cyberman is, is a, almost like a puppet, and um, um, after a game of chess, uh, it seems to be a bit of a theme of this episode. Yeah, it's, it's master, master, master. No, it's not the master. It's just a, it's just a take on a, uh, on a real automaton. Silver tech. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm just saying. I can't say anything. That they were playing chess, <laughs> and chess is a theme of this episode because it was invented by the Time Lords, apparently. And. Uh, they have this game, but they find um, very shortly that the game or the, the sort of Cyberman is being controlled by uh, Warwick Davis underneath in a box. And, uh, and isn't he great in this story? He's great in everything. He's yes. a very talented yeah, chap. Yeah, he is. Um, and he, yeah, he's very natural, isn't he? Whatever, apart from when he's playing stuff in Harry Potter when he has to do silly voices and stuff. When he's playing sort of bog standard people he's, he's very he's got a very natural way about him and the, and the way he characterizes the characters anyway he's called porridge initially and um and the, the, i love these the little um while they're sort of having their chat making friends the, the little cyber what they call again these little grubs that sort of go around cyber mites cyber mites they're really really cool um they do look rather um cgi but I still think they like look cool. That's because they are CGI. Oh, shut <laughs> Is up. They're, they're not supposed to look really? CGI, though, are they? Anyway, so, um, yeah. Also, I thought it was quite interesting. There was a mannequin of, a, like, an emperor um, that they sort of looked at briefly while uncovering um, old cyber syndries, cyber It does not look like Warwick Davis. I'm sorry. What are you bloody on about? Yeah. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> Ah, no, I was talking about the, the the Roman Emperor mannequin, yeah. which I thought looked remarkably like Peter Capaldi, actually. Anyway, um, well, it's, it's supposed to the, the the girl's supposed to have seen that and seen the coin and go, oh, uh, Porridge is actually the emperor, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it does not look like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Could be. Whatever. Anyway, they go back to this little part of the theme park where they have a little anti-gravity game They're run by Porridge, and the kids seem to enjoy that. I don't actually no, enjoy no, the kids. Master, master. Oh, Jesus Christ. Go ahead. I, just, I don't, don't particularly <laughs> enjoy the kids, but the kids enjoy the anti-gravity game. Yes, yeah, go. except the thing is, is that they don't look like they're actually floating. They look like they're getting pulled up by strings. That's probably exactly. because they are. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, maybe they that's... can't act. 
I, I was going to say it, it's too bad that um, they, they stopped make? making confidentials <laughs> because they would have spent a good 10, 15 minutes watching them be pulled up on the wires. I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, after let's move on a little bit. Um, uh, I'm just moving on. They eventually sort of get split up, and um, the 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 chap who is a very well known British actor whose name I forget. He's doing quite a lot of stuff nowadays. Uh, he gets sort Wasn't of he uh, EastEnders or something. So well known that you remember his name. Not is that not the actor's name, but the the one who plays the black with the the, the bloke with the the hat. You know that actor. He's been in, he's in a lot of stuff, films, British films, and you want me to look him up? Not particularly. No, I'm just saying that he's he's uh, in a lot of stuff. Anyway, he gets taken over. Jace, Jason Watkins. He, do. Yes. He's been in Being Human. Yeah. Trolleyed. Yes. All kinds of stuff. Lost yeah. Honor. Christopher Jeffries. I think he's in most of the um, Nativity films as well. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, he gets taken over by these Cybermat things while, um, uh, Cyber porridge, porridge goes off to flirt with Clara for a little bit. I, uh, I love the little background, uh, text when you're seeing out the eyes of the Cybermites. Uh, what, one of them says disassembly, uh, requested when looking at the kids. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Anyway, um, the porridge and, uh, gets Clara to look up at the, what in the hell is, what is someone's hearing aid gone funny? I just heard a feedback noise come through. Um, yeah, to, um, to look up at the <laughs> Tiberian spiral galaxy, which looks very much like an eye, um, looking down at them. That's what I thought. I, I can't. Well, it did, so shut up. Um, uh, so, yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, Porridge flirting with uh, Clara, and then um, the, oh, yeah, one the, the young girl um, does a typical teenage thing and wanders off, leaving her brother on his own, uh, and stumbles across the lair where some of these sort of soldier-type characters run by Tamsin Althwaite is, and sort of, uh, sort of just sees what they're up to for a bit. Uh, the young lad sort of on his own, he, he's... he's in a sort of room full of uh, mannequins of scary monsters uh, and looks <laughs> looks for the light switch. I like then, that scene. And the moment he switches the light on, uh, he gets grabbed by a Cyberman. Um, As one then, does. And then all the, the these are new Cybermen, by the way. Um, uh, we've seen sort of uh, mannequins of the Cybers Industries one. It's Industries one by way of handover. And um, yeah, they're, they're sort of uh, seem to be quite good at deflecting things being fired at them. And um, uh, the, the, the line the, the line the doctor says um, to all the soldiers, "Stay alive, you lot," which <laughs> is quite funny. Um, <laughs> uh, and then um, the little nipper is—is um, is it Artie? The name of the little nipper. Artie, um, yes. He uh, gets a flashy thing in his hair. I thought it was a very girly thing to have in your hair, but there you go. Um, and he's been taken over along with. Um, Jason, what's his name that you said? Um, both got uh, actually Jason, what's his name? Looked like a Borg actually with his uh, implants. Yes, but obviously you can see it's and a interesting part of way. Borg were head. influenced by Cybermen. So. Well, obviously, but the the obviously he's got the cyber half of his head is cyber, uh, but it does look a bit Borgish. But uh, it's interesting to note that um, they went back and reused this sort of cyber head, which was half human, half Cyberman. Uh, in uh, Jodie's penultimate series, was it, I believe? Um, yes, sort of... the last Cyberman. If you Don't say forget so. that. 
So anyway, I, I wish I could forget most I of those. I just realised why Kirby <laughs> doesn't like this story, apart from Neil Gaiman having written it. Who says I don't like this story? Just let me finish. I've just realised because Kirby is a particular fan of theme parks, and of course the theme park in this story is rubbish, and that's why he doesn't like the story. Um, anyway, so uh, <laughs> what, why are you putting words in my mouth? Because it's my job. <laughs> So, anyway, the Doctor finds one of these little Cybermat thingies and sort of renders it unconscious with his sonic screwdriver and starts working on it. And then um, he transports himself to um, the cyber ship, I suppose it is. But what I love about the cyber ship, apart from the kids not being being able to particularly act as being sort of possessed or in in a trance, was the the cyber ship design. The um, you know, which was it's so Tomb of the Cybermen. I, I, I know it's meant to be, but they've done a really, really good job of of those sort of you know half moon steps and stuff like that. Yes, it's, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. Yes, uh, I love that. And uh, anyway, so uh, coming on. And um, as uh, the it, do- it, that's not a ship. That's just the a another building close by. Whatever. Um, we got transported He's, to there. He so says local transport. Whatever. Right. That's it. <laughs> Where's my priority jingles folder? He's uh, <laughs> lucky I can't find it, but I'm sure I'll, I'll just queue it up for the Thank next you, time. Sir, may I have another? So anyway, um, <laughs> while when the Doctor and Clara get sort of separated from each other, the Doctor goes off and hobnobs with the cyber side of things, and then gets sort of taken over by a cyber. They basically try to turn him into a cyber person and Clara sort of gets sort of uh, coerced into bossing the soldiers around who obviously don't appear to have a proper apart from Tamsin who doesn't seem to do the job properly a proper leader so um, Clara starts beginning to sort of turn the soldiers into some sort of coherent force Um, and then then the doctor becomes his hair changes when he gets uh, those sort of cyber implants and stuff but i do like about um when the when uh, matt smith is sort of playing these sort of half doctor half cyber person thingy he's really really good well he's good anyway isn't he? but he's he's yes. sort of uh, you, you half expect him to start going precious go on. Go on. do you <laughs> yes He's doing the Gollum thing. Oh, I don't care. I think I do like that the, uh, what he's doing here, just being a bit sort of different. And, of course, then there's, he has a conversation with himself, i.e. the cyber thing about who Clara is, because obviously the cyber's got into his mind and is trying to find stuff about him and the Time Lords and whatnot. Uh, it's cyber Planner, isn't it, if I remember right? Cyber Planner, um, yes. What? Yes, yeah. I'm agreeing with you, sir. So yeah, so the Doctor is fighting with the the the, the cyber planner thingy, uh, and, and I love that. There's also a scene where you see all, in the background all the previous incarnations being beamed up on a screen, which is really yes. Cool. And who who always makes sure uh, who 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 counts with them as they're shown up on the screen? I do. I don't. But well, no, bearing in mind, bearing in mind, what's, what's coming very soon. <laughs> yeah. Well, bear in mind what's coming very soon. What it would have been really nice as they were flashing up these Doctor things is they very, very quickly flashed up John Hurt. That would have... They, oh, they've made a mistake. They've put John Hurt up there. <laughs> or they should have put... Since since two episodes later, they put 
Capaldi's eyebrows in. Yes, exactly. Should put Capaldi's yeah. eyebrows in. No. Did we know by this point that Capaldi was coming in? We didn't know either him or um or John Hurt was going to be a doctor. No, I don't think so. No, Remember we didn't the, know about the Capaldi. Where did you let me speak? Capaldi's announced. Announced the next doctor was oh, announced. Right, Capaldi was announced as the doctor on the same day as the Doctor Who um the fiftieth anniversary, wasn't it? Because there was a special live show that Zoe Ball hosted. That's what I'm saying. When was that thing? When was that? It wasn't on the 50th, because we did a separate thing. Uh, So, here, let me bring up the spreadsheet. Yeah, I remember we did a separate thing. Um, I remember um, that Matt Smith was the doctor at that event, and the following year, Capaldi was the doctor, and that's when we had our picture with Capaldi. Um, Well, Doctor Who Live, the next doctor, when was that? I'm pretty sure it was uh, 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 2013, 10 years ago. Baby, I don't know. Now you're making me doubt myself. <laughs> I'm sure um, I'll turn out. Oh, here, here it was. What? Uh, we, it was our episode 177, right. which was uh, several weeks after uh, we recorded this. It was it it went out. You posted it on oh. August the 4th of 2013. Good. So I got the year right then, didn't I? Yeah, of course. Never mind. <laughs> um, I've got, yes, because I remember at that event we watched the um, the fiftieth anniversary episode, and the eyebrows were on it. Right, that was several months later. Oh, this was Jesus. August when the when he was announced. Robert, right, let's get me here. Right, right. So he was announced in <laughs> August, in November of that year. Yes. I was at the Doctor Who Congrats. celebration, the oh, 50th anniversary. Okay. You left that part out. When, oh, no, I didn't. When they showed the episode to the audience at the event, the you know, the 50th anniversary episode, when the eyebrows appeared and it got a big cheer. I'm getting a headache now. Have I got any, um, any tablets around here? We saw his eyes as well. All right, the eyes and the eyes. Stop being pedantic. Where did I get up to? Right then, so... Um, That's our job. Matt Smith's being a sort of... Um, he's fighting with himself, personality-wise. Kirby And, um, yeah, I'm just flicking for a few scenes here of people skulking around yeah, corridors just as well. and whatnot. Just as well. And Thang uh, shows up at one point. Whatever. Uh, and, yeah, the side... The, the, the hand of a cyber Yes. Okay. And, yeah, there's... Um, and Clara's uh, got her hands, arms crossed because she's going into bossy mode and sort of just bossing them all around. Mm, annoying stamp- mode, in other words. <laughs> yeah, stamping authority. Uh, and the Doctor's having a game of chess against himself and just moving on. And then they're sort of uh, really having these sort of interesting conversations with, with each other. And then, oh, yeah, go, he said something about um, the Cybermen and sort of things, that they, the weaknesses they've had in the past, and gold was one of them. And then a bit of tin foil sticks to his face. Um, the golden potenti- ticket. Potentially, oh, was it a golden ticket? Uh, but it wasn't actually gold, yeah. though, was it? Um, How do you know it wasn't gold? Because yeah. uh, I say so, and who's in charge? Well, it, it, since it actually did cause things to short circuit, it was obviously gold. Uh, yeah, it was a sheet uh, of gold. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So I did notice one of the soldiers that. Oh, I'm going to yawn, sorry. <laughs> one of the soldiers that Clara. <laughs> 
um, was speaking to it really did remind me of James Corden. I thought for a, a split Faster. second when he first appeared on the screen that it was because he didn't talk. Faster. There, there's there's also a theory because of some of the um, conversation when, when he's saying that he remembers that character says he remembers Cyberman uh, from the time he was in his crib. Uh, people are have thought that he might be Alfie Stormageddon has gone through uh, into the future. Oh. That's not a bad idea. I know idea. what you mean. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I can live with I, that. I like that. I, I like that idea. Yeah, I, I, he does look very much... Certainly bearable. <laughs> anyway, as stuff goes on and um, the Doctor's sort of um, being sort of sinister and Clara's sort of... Uh, oh, that's right, because... Um, Clara sort of asks, well, how do I know it's really you? And he sort of gets really, really flirty and uncomfortably so with Clara and then says something about her being pretty or something like that. And then she slaps him exceptionally hard around the face and writes, hit me. Sorry, the other way around. She writes, hit me. and um, um, He writes, hit me. He, he writes, writes yeah. hit me. And she slaps him exceptionally hard around the face and um, sort of helps him for a little while. Uh, meanwhile, the the battle goes on, and the chess continues to be played, and and then the Cybermen keep uh, continue to stroll around, stomp around, and and of course the other thing that continues to happen is that Porridge continues to float, flirt with um, Clara and give her cups of tea and whatnot. And I didn't then they have this. another conversation Perfect. and uh, more slaps around the face and. Um, the Doctor continues to battle with himself, and uh, the Cybermen continue to multiply. What did you say? You say no. Well, they don't. Gollum. Gollum. Oh bloody hell! Anyway, uh, I, I see there's a scene of a Cyberman stepping into a little puddle and uh, electrocuting himself. Um, and then, the, but no, I no, love no, James Corden. The Cybermen all all wake up and come out of the tombs. That was great. Absolutely. And um, what else happened? Oh, yeah, then there was a scene in which the Cyberman comes in and gets sort of vaporised by this humongous laser gun. And uh, James Corden's son points a Nerf gun. gun. Oh, it is that gun. Uh, and the, yeah, so eventually, after all this shenanigans, there's Cybermen heads blowing off, which is traditional Doctor Who, isn't it, when Cybermen's heads blow up. And um, after lots and lots of talking and sort of brandishing weapons um the doctor finally beats the um the cyber version of himself and uh, i'm just moving on a bit after a, a battle with his and his hand comes up and tries to throttle himself and stuff like that and Thanks. all the um sort of facial no, implements he's fall off his he's using the the electromagnetic pulse thingamajigger to uh pulse anyway well he does that and it used He's used yeah. the uh, his sonic to increase its power, and then he EMPs it. Okay, well he does that, and fine, and he, he gets sonic. rid of the his his electronic version of himself, uh, and then yes, sadly the kids. Yes, it last return. longer than it should be, Kirby. <laughs> the kids finally. <laughs> so, sorry, the kids turn up, and um, they're okay. Never mind. Um, and of course, uh, I love the way that um, the doctor says he's got to he's got to destroy the planet because uh, otherwise millions of Cybermen will invade will invade the universe. So, um, the the sorry porridge then says, well, no, to do that, I have to say basically says the whole line for arming the um, 
self-destructs thing, which is really good. Yeah, and the good thing is, they trust. Well, the, the the girl has already said, "Well, he's obviously the emperor." Yes, well, that that's fine. I haven't got a problem with that. Uh, and they beam up to this um, this sort of thing, and um, it's like a space station. I don't know what it is. Looking at the planet, it's a, it's, it's the, an imperial um, imperial ship that was immediately dispatched as soon as he announced where he was. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, um, destroyer. That's fine. Um, where do I get up to? Oh yeah, and the doctor said, "What about Metardis?" Essentially, and, the, and so we'll beam Metardis up, and then we'll watch the planet blow up. Uh, which is quite um, and it implodes it's not admit- blowing up it's whatever um, um, and then of course uh, he admits he's, he's he's the emperor and asks Clara to marry him and the kids can't understand why she said no um, and then uh, yeah they go back on the TARDIS and drop the kids off basically that's about it everyone lives happily ever after and they, they use the uh the line, well, the doctor uses a, a a John Landis line that he used in a lot of his movies. Mm. See you next Wednesday. Okay, that's fine. So that that is basically uh, essentially it, right then. So uh, this story, uh, I must admit, I did enjoy a lot of aspects of it, uh, but I did drift in certain parts of it as well. When I, I sort of it went a bit too, it lulled a little bit too much, and I lost concentration of it, as you probably noticed by me trying to tell you part, Push us through, yeah but um i didn't enjoy that the kids in it i accept that sometimes children sort of bad sort of not necessarily bad actors the wrong children get cast in things like this because i didn't have a problem with if you remember ellis george who played a character absolutely in, yeah she was really good and i didn't get irritated by her trip in the tardis at all but these kids for me maybe because we hadn't got to know them uh properly prior to this trip i don't know just didn't you remember work, we've but... had several didn't we have at least two conversations with Alice george one i tried to get another one with her what? but she's given up acting i think or gone to uni i don't know what she's doing anyway she's not doing anything well, like yeah, that. we uh she she was one of the she was the second companion i ever met okay congratulations anyway um what i get up to yeah so um yeah of course it was quite it's quite well, the, the, the scenery is nice, CGI is nice. I even enjoy the CGI, like I said, of the little um, mats. I love that. It's a shame they didn't bring them back, those little cyber bugs. They're really, really cool. Uh, obviously, Warwick Davis is um, one of those actors that lights the screen up and, uh, you know, Hollywood uh, gold and stuff like that. So um, that sort of made up for the, the kids to a certain degree. Um, I did admit that I did find it when Clara was sort of bossing the, the, the militaries around a little bit. It's mildly irritating. Yeah. Not majorly, just mildly yes. irritating. I didn't find any of the no, scenes not, she did with the doctor annoying because that's just their sort of the way they sort of bounce off each other in regards to their banter and stuff like that. But when she sort of was suddenly become a, a military general, that sort of that irritated me slightly. Um, oh. But on the whole... Irritated me a lot. On the whole, it... it there's a lot of clever stuff in the script. Um, everything was sort of explained that you might think, because well, you know, well, like I said about you lose concentration and you think, well, oh, where, where did that come from? Well, that comes from the bit you lost concentration on. It has been said in the script somewhere. So things are explained. Now, there's no sort of bits of the plot as I could find that didn't have some sort of connection somewhere. Even if it's one little word he's dropped in earlier on, um, it is in there somewhere. Um, and, on the whole, it was okay. I don't, it's not 
my favourite by a long way, but I don't think is is that bad. Um, I don't think it warrants. It should have been uh, instead of nightmare in silver. It should have been called. It was okay in silver, really. I think that's, that's really can say about that. I, and uh, well, what did you think about it? Then I know you didn't, what you're going to say, so I'm going to get a, a, a jingle ready. What did you think about it then, Robert? I uh, didn't really like it at all, except for, I mean, Warwick Davis is about the <laughs> most exciting thing for me oh, in the, the That's nothing uh, to do with the story, though, is it? Um, oh, Robert, I want to know what well, happened in 10 years because you liked it. I liked it. Well, I don't like it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, in hindsight, <laughs> Well, I just look, some things I look, uh, you know, after 10 years, you think of things, you know, you have a different view of things. And for me, that has been, I've been like that with a few now, um, like so... my turnabout with, like my turnabout with A Town Called Mercy. I mean, you know, I hated that when I first saw it, but I liked it this time. So <laughs> go figure. Um, but yeah, I just... The only things I did like about it are the little callbacks to past stories, Um, as you mentioned, like the the tombs, breaking out of the tombs, Um, things like that. Yeah, the Cybermites were okay. Um, Cybermites. Probably that's what. (laughs) Excellent. They were okay. yeah, as I say, and, and I hated Clara in this. I just they make her character so annoying, and it just drives me mad. So yeah, move on to the next episode, please. <laughs> all right, okay, well, uh, that's all I could say. Okay, um, okay, what can I say? Um, Kirby, what did you think? <laughs> what do you think I thought? Probably you didn't like it. Cause you've been banging on about it for weeks. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch Nightmare in Silver I again. I think, I, I, think, I think I've got a silent film to watch that weekend. That's all. <laughs> I, 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 I had apparently forgot because I really enjoyed this. Oh, it's not what Doctor a surprise. So this every it, single it, time you've whinged about an episode that's forthcoming, you've ended up liking it. It's, well, it's been 10 years since I've seen it. I didn't. This isn't. This is not a uh, series that I go back and rewatch a lot. Um, yeah, me neither. But so it really had been about ten years since I watched this one, and I found that it was it's it's not top notch, it's not the best of this series, but it's not garbage at all. Uh, it was. It doesn't curse the black spot. Huh? Better than curse of the black spot. No, you like that as well. <laughs> no, I did not like Curse of the Curse of the Bad Plot. He did. He's will. just forgotten it already. And I can't wait until we get to to, to destroy Orphan Fifty Five again. Mm, God. Oh, God, oh I can uh, wait. Yeah. Said that about uh, this story, Kirby. Anyway, or uh, kill the moon. Kill the moon only has one bad thing. Of the end, unfortunately. <laughs> anyway, I I was watching this. It really is a lot different to watch this one after you know that Porridge is the emperor. But it's also very interesting because 
you can tell all the way through with the things he says, uh, the way that the um, the leader of the soldiers treats him because she knows it, she doesn't say it, uh, and how he's kind of weary of being the emperor. It's 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 very good. It's very subtle, uh, mm. and I I like that. Uh, the the kids were unfortunate kid actors. <laughs> yeah. They're pretty much the worst part of it. Yeah. Uh, Matt Smith was great. Yes. And yes. I seem to recall something. I I didn't have enough time to to do the research. Uh, I seem to recall something about how Matt Smith did not like filming those things. He was starting to get weary of playing the doctor and was getting mad at the director. But I can't find any reference to that. Maybe. Mary knows these things. Maybe she'll tell us. Mm. Uh, if she did, she's forgotten. <laughs> I, I seem to, to, to remember that, though. But it was it was an argument with the director that caused him to really decide that he wasn't going to do much of anything after after the regeneration the next year. I remember that. Uh, mm. And it it's it's not bad. It's it's I I enjoyed watching it, and I, I will probably watch it with uh, with Fred in the next couple of days because she'll probably like it as well. Yes. Okay. Was you weren't expecting that. <laughs> I, think, I think consistency will now begin to reign again as we discuss. Mary's opinion of this story. Uh, this this uh, episode strikes me as kind of a tour de force for Matt Smith. Um, I think the writers just had a good time writing that, and the directors had a good time directing him uh, in all that. Other than that, it was kind of a, in my opinion, kind of a throwaway story, because um, there wasn't much else for me that hung together. Um, and... and this time around, I was a little more aware of the effort to infuse humor into the episode, you know, into a sad, not that great written episode. Um, I mean, yep. the punishment squad, um, you know, you're supposed to think that that's, you know, an unlikely thing. Uh, and the, the long, silly name of the castle that they were using uh, for their defense um, you know, well, I guess it's going to be, you know, in that, you know, whatever that castle was. It's you know, a comic every, castle. Every time they'd see it, say it, you know, it was a silly name. So it's like you're supposed to find that amusing. Um, and then <laughs> the emperor, the emperor being a midget. Uh, you know, it's, like, it's almost like a sight gag. Uh, you knew he was, I mean, we knew in retrospect now that he was the emperor. But the idea then that he, back when he it was a new reveal, I think was supposed to make you be, you know, like humorously shocked. It's like, oh, this little guy. Um, so to me, it was, it was a lot of very sad humor. Can I, can I interject there, Mary, because something just sprung to mind. Please remember where you got up to. You said about, uh, um, obviously, they've, they've cast um, um, Warwick as the, uh, the little emperor person, which rather reminded me of um, when Napoleon became emperor of, of France. He wasn't he quite little. No, he was not. He was average height. Was he? Oh, that is a myth. Oh, it's a myth. Maybe that's where yeah, the, maybe they were applying. Yeah, maybe they were applying this myth to um to porridge. 
I don't know. Just, well, just... Maybe because Napoleon's reputation was so huge that the fact that he was very normal in height and all that. Yeah. The, the, but he wasn't you know, a very nice man, unlike Porridge, who was a delightful yeah. chap. Yes. Hmm. Um, but, I mean, other, other than, you know, a lot of things I could pick apart because to me, this episode just, you know, one thing after another just didn't make much sense or didn't tie together very well. But Matt Smith's bravure performance, um, it was so much fun to watch. It was. And probably, you know, if, if you timed it, it probably was half the episode, which is why I think it was written specifically, you know, this whole episode was written specifically for him. Mm. Um, but, and, and I know I complained the last time because it, it bothered me again, that deuce ex machina ending, you know, like, oh, conveniently, we can just, you know, be deplaced somewhere else you know, yeah. and we're all safe and we can blow up all the Cybermen. And, um, you know, and then we've got the, the sonic screwdriver once again, you know, being the Hogwarts magic instrument um, yes. to, to uh, help the doctor, you know, win the the chess match. And it's it just too many convenient things to escape um, what looked like unwinnable positions. Um, and yeah, I, I agree. You know, Jenna Coleman's Clara is, is getting annoying, but I think it's a, it's a difference of approach because um, Karen Gillan's Amy Pond, she, she took charge a lot of times. Yeah, she did. And she's, you know, rescued the doctor and all that, yeah. but she was like, you know, this goofy girl who, was just, you know, kind of like saying, oh, you know, what the heck? We're going to do this because this is what the doctor would do and all that. Whereas with Clara, the, the Clara character is more poised, more in charge, um, more commanding. And so I think I think that's why we find her more annoying, um, because she seems like we don't need a doctor. We just have Clara to take care of everything. Um, so those are my thoughts uh, not a favorite episode at all um it's been a long time since i've seen it and it'll probably be a long time before i'll watch it again <laughs> thank you mary uh -huh. oh i pressed the wrong button oh, got it now so that allows us to, to move on to uh, a segment of the show that is run uh give me a like second to bring it up agree like clockwork uh, uh, appropriately for the day in which the, the clocks go back um, like clockwork from Kirby Bartlett, I can't be bothered to get the, everything ready in time for this particular segment of the show, Sloan. <laughs> Let me make sure I can do more comments. And then I, unfortunately, I have to. Okay, I've got all the comments. Okay. Um, uh, do you want me to do a spreadsheet, no. Kirby, on the on the format for the 20 megabyte Doctor Who podcast and how how the yeah, order the format of... includes me finding the thing. It's oh, part it, of it. Oh, what? You mean the spreadsheet? I must say, I'll do the spreadsheet for you. No, finding, Just so I can explain finding how. The, uh, the posts. The order of how things, how we do things on the show. I mean, would that be of, of use to you so you could have the uh, this particular feature ready for. Okay, uh, Andy oh, Nunny, whoever he is. Uh, Who's that? Says, <laughs> he's asleep. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he's, he's responding to, to my saying. Uh, uh, note that British summertime ends on Sunday, so if you live in a country that doesn't change time on Sunday, you will have to adjust if you watch this live. Uh, he says, preferable to watching you dead, I guess. He says, by the way, it's British summertime that's ending. And I say, that's what it says, grin, because I did change it <laughs> to what he wanted me to say. I don't remember what I put down. Uh, Terry Miles, 
should have left the blackmailing kids there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Ian Kirk says, well, at least they got the cyber treatment for half an episode. Uh, Ian Kirk has a script. Uh, Why does he do Mr. that? Ian, I don't understand. We've this, never actually ever read the script out on the show, even when the, the, the yes, audio Yes, there have never been times that, that he's posted the script that you haven't found the... Uh, I don't line. remember this. Yeah. Anyway, Mr. M says, Blurg, 3 out of 10. <laughs> Ooh, that's, that's it. You can't yeah. mark a Neil Gaiman story that low. Yes, you can. Okay, we have other bits of feedback coming through. I've sent something through to the, to the eloquent uh, Mary, who will now dictate uh, said feedback before we uh, set the kettle on for the nunny audio. <laughs> from Linda and Terry Miles, who say, Oh, good Lord, the BBC seem, seems too... Oh, seem okay. Oh, oh, good Lord. The BBC seems to condone blackmail. The children Clara looks after are able to force their way on board the TARDIS. Don't do this at home, please. Hitchwick's World of Wonders looks like a dump. Everything is such a mess. The Cybermen wiped out throughout the galaxy. Hmm, someone's in for a shock. That Angie is a great kid. Just <laughs> the sort everybody wants their girls not to turn out like. <laughs> Some great lines in this one. Do you think I'm pretty? No, you're too short and bossy and your nose is funny. Good enough. <laughs> the, another quote. The impossible girl. Mystery wrapped in an enigma. Squeezed into a skirt that's just a little too tight. What are you? Another quote. When someone asks you if you want to be queen of the universe, you say yes. Linda says this one was all right. <laughs> Me, I enjoyed seeing Tamsin Outhwaite and Warwick Davis, and of course, Jenna is still hot, yeah. even more when she takes charge. Yeah. The story was annoying, the fact that the Cybermen kept updating. Are they using a Microsoft Windows-based operating system or something? Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The name of the doctor. Yeah, I kept looking at that one, and that's from Linda and Terry Miles. Um, I kept looking at that one actress, the the captain of the group and kept saying i know her from somewhere i know her and then when i saw her name in the credits like oh yeah eastenders <laughs> yeah but you know what i, I uh, she was in a series called paradox which was it was a, like a time based series it was absolutely fabulous so there was only one series of it but if you look it up somewhere if you get a chance to watch it it's yeah, really really seen. good paradox well, there, not, there, there was a there was a paradox in this episode because of the two the doctor and the uh, other. Yeah, whatever, Kirby. The old jokes <laughs> he attempts every time. <laughs> well, good morning, 20 Artists. So, well, actually, it's afternoon, so 20 past one. I just had a shower, been doing lots of ironing and stuff like that. Oh, a glass God. of wine, and I thought I'd sit down in my TARDIS towel, like some picture vision, and actually do two episodes, because I didn't get around to doing the Crimson Honor for reasons, again, that I won't go into. I'm sure that's <laughs> somewhere in Reese Parton's book of excuses. Um, but it won't take very long because let's be honest, it wasn't very good, was it? You know, it seemed like a good idea at the time, you know, some sort of aliens coming and taking over. Something a bit like Cadbury's, um, did in Birmingham, the Bourneville. Um, if you case for the people that don't know, in Birmingham, where Cadbury come from, 
the church at Cadbury actually established a whole community for his workers to live in. And it really was done as a very, you know, very well-meaning. They had schools, they had shops, they had chapels. I've got a feeling there might have been temperance. I don't think they actually had pubs there as well. But the whole point was to make sure that the, the workers at the, com- the company were properly and well looked after. So I'm guessing that's where the idea came from. Uh, and so you've got this wonderful place and people going in and you know, usual thing, people going in and not coming out. So the doctor goes to have a look as uh, yeah, you've got people fainting and that just was frankly silly. We decided that should, you know, not a good idea, I'm afraid. Uh, but he sends Clara in to find who infiltrate it and she would get the works out, was, find out what's going on. There's this mysterious Mr. Sweets is there and he got this, uh, the doc- she finds the doctor there who has not been taken over because of course he's not human and he's been saved by a girl who's been who's blind and you find out later that she's been blinded by her mother's part of the experiments. And it just all fell apart. I mean, there's a lot of laughter in it with the Paternoster gang. I mean, Strat certainly coming in, coming at all guns blazing. I mean, it was the way he played, it wasn't he? And you can't fault him for that. He did do actually very well. Uh, Paternoster gang with their usual fairly efficient self. But at the end of it, we just still, I don't know, what was he trying to do? He's going to kill everyone on the earth, take them all over, dominate them, blow the planet. Yeah, it just, it just never came together. Dominators? Um, Mr. Sweets. Yeah, it was some sort of hybrid alien, so, you know, a bit like every alien university alien's actually attached. Um, yes, yeah, a bit like in, in Harry Potter with um, Voldemort part of the time was actually part of somebody. Uh, I mean, the only interesting point were having the mother and daughter there with Dame... Bre- um, Dame Edna? Dame Edna. <laughs> Dame Edna. Dame Rig and Rachel Sterling, the daughter. Oh, this is the first time they're acting together. Is it possibly the first time they've actually had... Uh, parent and child acting in the same scene. I'm sure we've had it before. I'm sure Kirby will remember. That's what Kirby's good at. But no, it's just I sat there and I watched it and then I turned it off and, uh, well, that's 50 minutes of my I'm life gone. It's, um, I could have done something more interesting like watched a plank walk or something. But then this week we watched Nightmare in Silver. My goodness, that was a bit different. I mean, you barely had time to breathe. This really was a very, very fast-paced story. And, you know, with a nice twist at the end, uh, it was fairly clear that there was something wrong with these these soldiers that had uh, gone to hotel. You know, they were all a bit they were all a bit there, there for comedic relief. I mean, one looked just like James Corden, didn't he? And Tasman Heathwaite, God, she reminded me of somebody else who we've seen in Doctor Who, and I can't think who it was. Um, however, um, the story did rattle along, uh, and the children there were actually, I suppose, they were there for a bit of part to set the story up. They didn't they didn't play too big a part in it. It's just. You know, I mean, children actors tend not to work in Doctor Who. I mean, they, they did okay. You know, you can't you can't knock off what they did. And actually, their being there did add to the story. Clara came into her elements here. You know, as being the uh, put in charge of the army. Well, I suppose a bunch of convicts are going to obey anyone in sight, aren't they? Um, uh, you had the curator of the closed down amusement arcade, who were. Uh, yeah, and then you had Pollage. I mean, Pollage, Pollage was good, quite funny. And then, of course, you find at the end it's actually Emperor. And it's it's interesting what it says, you know, the Emperor has been the loneliest job. And I've heard interviews with the our now king. You know, he can't just go and slope off down the pub for a pint because he's just, he's just always a pretty guy. He just, he, he now lives. And that's what the Emperor does. It, his private life just does not exist. And that's why, you know, when he said right answer to the soldiers, said, would you ask me, Queen? No, sir. Right answer. 
<coughs> well, I think what we saw him in before is Matt Smith's wonderful acting. The first we had him doing all the Doctors. And it, you know, it, it wasn't an impersonation. It was just an impression. It was the hint of the Doctor. But you could plot straight away who they all were. And it was relevant to the story as well with the, the cyber planner. Again, that was a good piece of, you know, a good, a good thought through going through. Um, taking over. The way they filmed it, very reminiscent of The Lord of the Rings, when you had Gollum with Smeagol and Gollum character at um, you know, the... Uh, Anguishing whether to take the ring or not. And the way they shot it from one side, one the good one, the other side the bad one. Very similar here the way they did it. Obviously, it slightly helped with having uh, the doctor having the tech on his face on the one side. Why is it always only one side? Hmm. But uh, that did work well. But the doctor fighting against himself. I mean, certainly, I presume they did it with green screen or something like that when they actually did it, so we in face to face. But when again he's doing the, the, in the same room, he's doing the two of them playing the chess match. That was very what I mean, it really is a very accomplished actor, and it really did touch all on. And at the end of it, you know, you understand, yeah, you understand that, yeah, it's, it's a suicide mission. You think it's, um, you've got to do these things. You've got to, you know, destroy a planet, but yes, you managed to get them off the teleport. I mean, why didn't um, Polish actually say that beforehand? Well, actually, we could do it, because I can take everybody off. And he got the box off and away. And he took the kids back, and Clara went off to live her own life. So, yeah, this was a really good story. Rattle along, and of course it's setting up with, you know, still got the impossible girl, she doesn't work out what she is, and we're getting, we know we're going to do another Doctor, and it's all setting it up. So until next time, be seeing you. Uh, Andy Nunny, everybody, thank you very much. Um, okay, a mysterious blonging noise coming through, and I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. I think that may have been on his end. By the way... And it uh, was hidden while he was recording. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, By the way, Tamsin, Tamsin Uthwaite, whatever her last name is. Uthwaite. Uh, she used to be married to Tom Ellis. Right, okay. Who, who you know who he is. Yeah, he was, um, oh. he was, no, um, he yeah, he was a love interest at the end of, um, um, you know, the, the one where the doctor is made, uh, shrunk into a little golem. And, um, he, um, what's her name? Um, Martha yeah, goes around with this sort of this bloke who's Tom Ellis, but he's also Lucifer. No, it doesn't matter. That's not Doctor Who. <laughs> it doesn't have any bearing on it at all. Right then, so we've got. <laughs> Hello, 20 Meg Mac Podcast. This is Ian Kirk. Hello, Ian. Hello, Captain. Nightmare in Silver by Neil Gaiman. The Mondasian Menace. The Mechanized Mayhem. The Upgraded Upstarts are back. <laughs> there is a lot stuffed into one episode. Luckily, they have an actual Warwick Davis's statue. Oh. The Doctor gets the worst case of split <laughs> personalities and he's got one. <laughs> The Cybermen have been thought extinct for a thousand years, wiped out by destroying an entire galaxy. But the Punishment Platoon just happened to have brought anti-Cyberman weapons with them, because the plot requires them. <laughs> I would have thought that a Punishment Platoon would have been thrown against hopeless odds in a battle somewhere. But as far as their commanders know, they'll just hang around this deserted theme park for their tour of duty. The only way it would make sense is if the higher-ups are not as ignorant of Porridge's identity as he likes to think and are giving him some protection. It might be amusing if the Cybermen get a Cybertruck if and when they become available. Clara is forced to play a military role 
to try and stop the planet being blowing up. The Twelfth Doctor is vocal about not being comfortable with the soldiers in the next series. The Seventh Doctor had a high-stakes game of chess in the Curse of Fenric. The children are meant to be annoying. After all, they did blackmail Clara into taking them along. Good point. At least they got neuralised by the Cybermen for a good part of the story. Yes. <laughs> the girl was given an Imperial penny at the start, which was a plot point, as it had the image of the Emperor, which helped her identify him as Porridge. The actress who played her caused some annoyance in real life, as she left her script in a taxi. <laughs> the story before last ended abruptly when the Ice Warrior was teleported away on a spaceship. And this story has everyone suddenly teleported out of danger. Spoiler! The impossible girl is left for the next regeneration to work out. Uh, the planet and all of the yeah. Cybermen get destroyed in the end. I'm not dead! <laughs> After the live stream of this podcast... Judy Whittaker is on TV in a series called Life. Yes. Bye for now. She's got a haircut too. Uh, that's Ian Kirk, everybody. Deserves a round of applause. There you go. Yay! Right <laughs> well, it looks as if we've only got one viewer this week, uh, so I think uh, it might be uh, when the viewing uh, drops down to uh, half, we'll just not bother doing the live, uh, live doodah on Facebook and turn it back into a podcast again. Um, next segment of the show is, well, I suppose I'll have to insert, sorry to mess up your, it's going to really confuse Kirby because it's going to break with the actual normal format of the show, but I suppose I'd better talk about Fantasy Con a little bit because obviously I've got to do an episode that's fine. that is all Fantasy Con. What now? I said that's fine. Oh, I thought you were telling me off. So, uh, let's see how I can go. So obviously, um, oh God, it was a... A very stressful um, build-up uh, <laughs> to the event um, because you never know what you're going to get in regards to whether we're going to get. We sold a lot of tickets in the, in the week leading up to it uh, online, um, and eventually got some really good coverage from Isle of Wight Radio simply because uh, a friend of mine is a is a presenter, uh, and her day is a Friday, so the day before the event, uh, she was able to give it a good push on, on the radio. Uh, I managed to grizzle my way through to getting the county press and the uh, the Observer, that's the Isle of Wight County Press and the Isle of Wight Observer, to do a free sort of article on it. On it, so pulled a few favours in that way. And um, so on Friday, the, the, and the main battle uh, that I initially was Elodie Grace Orkin. And uh, anybody who doesn't know who she is, she she's in a, a thing called The Burning Girls, which is on Paramount Plus. It's a series, it's sort of like a, it's a very spooky series about uh, the, the the ghosts of witches uh, from uh, the 16th century, I believe. Uh, and she plays a, a sort of creepy character in uh, in that series. I only saw episode one, and she's also quite well known for being hit over the head by eleven in series four of Stranger Things because she was her character Angela was particularly nasty to to Eleven uh, and Eleven couldn't use her, her powers no spoilers um to 
to stop her, so she had to hit her over the head with a rolling, uh, a roller blade thingy, roller skate. But anyway, so the problem was with her. She, uh, when when you normally book celebrities for conventions, you have a, um, a convention agent to deal with. But where I specifically wanted to get Elodie. I had to do a bit of research and, and find out who to speak to. And then when I spoke to them, I then had to negotiate prices and whatnot. And uh, that was fine. We got the price negotiated nicely. And then the finer details that the, the agent uh, uh, left me with, um, like one of the other agents said, it was like jumping through hoops. And it got to this point in which is, I'm, I'm really pulling my hair out, what's left of it. Um, and I'm not going to get this, this person. And I, I devoted an awful lot of attention to trying to get her to the event, simply because, now, between you and me, because I know Isabella's never going to listen to this show, because I wanted to give Isabella, who's the biggest Stranger Things fan on the planet, the opportunity <laughs> to sit with an actress or actress from the show so mm, it was yeah. a major thing for me to try and get this this person this girl to to the event and it was a bonus because she's american she lives in london so i didn't have to fly anyone over it was just worked in my mind it worked really well one so, of these days you'll fly one of us americans over anyway um so uh, she's um <laughs> It went on and on and on, and one minute it was happening, then it wasn't, then it, you know, it was one minute she was going to get an acting job in Ireland, and then she she didn't, and it got to like two days before the event, and and the hoops, the complicated hoops that I had to try and negotiate were, she wanted a taxi from her house to the railway station, uh, then a taxi from the railway station to the ferry station. <laughs> and then a taxi from when it gets to Cows, from Cows ferry station to the hotel. Um, oh the problem is, when trying to book Uber, you have to have that person's details on the booking. Uh, so I said, well, I can't really book this this thing without her address. Oh, so I think she sent the address through. It would have been helpful to send that a bit early, but there you go. So we got the address. Um, and then it was a case of, oh, hang on, they want a phone number to do the booking on the taxi. So eventually <laughs> I get a phone number. So I got booked. So. She um, eventually, uh, when I had a phone number, I, I sent her a message because to activate this booking, she needed, needed to send a four-figure activation code through for it to be you know, implemented, this, this booking. So I had to text her, say, oh, you've got a few seconds to send me back this code, otherwise we can't do this booking. She sent the code back, and then she started asking me questions. And, of course, I was answering her questions, and I got a message from her agent saying, no, you shouldn't be speaking to her directly, you should be speaking to me. I said, well, she asking me the questions, you know. So um, and it's, I said, it's going to be very difficult um, you know, doing her at the event if I can't actually speak to her. Oh, you can speak to her, of course, so just leave the logistics to me, said the agent. I said, well, OK, well, she's only asking me a couple of very simple questions. So anyway, wouldn't it be quicker if I just ask, answer her where it's two days to go rather than asking you the questions? It goes to her then goes this three way system, you know. So I was a little bit sort of doubtful whether it would actually happen till I i sort of saw at the station but that's a little bit later in the story gabrielle glaister on the other hand uh, who was quite happy for me to arrange to a meter at southampton station oh. uh, which just happened to be at exactly the same time as elodie arrived at southampton station elodie uh, decided to dye her hair dark brown so I, I, I couldn't see her until i sort of looked around with somebody who looked a little bit like her and it turned out to be her and she was with her, her grandmother <laughs> and, uh, and then i thought hang on a second um 
Right, see if I can wing this one without upsetting the agent. We all got in the same taxi and got back to the ferry terminal um, and got to the Isle of Wight. I did book her a taxi from Cowes to the hotel, and then I drove Gabrielle from Cowes to the hotel, um, well, and we all met together in the foyer, which is a bit silly because I could have fitted them all in my car anyway. That's ridiculous. Um, but the weirdest thing was that when um, I... Me and Gabrielle Glaister. Gabrielle Glaister, if anybody's wondering, is Bob from Blackadder. Oh. Um, she got in the car and I got a phone call from uh, Craig Fairbrass, who was literally shouting and swearing at me like he would have done in one of his films, saying, oh, I told you, it was. well, so my agent told you it was home very, very long. I need a very, very long bed. Well, this was told me two years ago when he originally booked. So obviously it slipped through the net somewhere on the line. So he was cursing and I said, I'll be there in the hotel in 15 minutes. And by the time I got to the hotel and dropped off Gabrielle and there was an issue with the card, which Deb had to go up to the hotel and activate her card. So all the payments for the rooms went through. God, God, I'm just bringing it all back to me now. Anyway, um, so I, I phoned Craig, said, I'm at the, I'm at the hotel now. Oh, I need to calm down a little bit. Oh, yeah, well, I can't be. It's just one of those things. And it? Well, it is a bit, but I do feel a little bit responsible for it. Anyway, so that all settled down a little bit. And then I had to go. We, we started setting up the event at half past five that night. And I got a phone call from Mickey Lewis to pick him up. So he was on the ferry. So I went down to Cowes. And I waited and I waited. And then got a message off Mickey Lewis saying that they'd got halfway across the Solent. And... Um, They'd had to stop because there were uh, two yachtsmen in the water uh, struggling. So they had to rescue the, the the ferry, had to rescue these yachtsmen and take them back to Southampton and then <coughs> put all the passengers on the next ferry. And, of course, I oh eventually, it did come down and picked up um, Mickey, who, um, mass, obviously, he's in Doctor Who, but he's, he's an actual massive Doctor Who fan. So he was trying to engage and talk about Doctor Who and stuff on the way up there uh, and dropped him off the hotel. So that was fine. Got back to the uh, the venue where everybody was setting up got the uh, the daggers from Deb because she thought I was skiving because I should have come to Ribbon back within like 40 minutes of leaving it was actually an hour and 40 minutes so um, mm. that didn't mm -hmm. go down too well and eventually we got the place set up went home and oh, it was fairly all right um, um, then we went in we had to bring the, the guests in uh, I went to the hotel, Mick went to the hotel, we took everybody into the, apart from the ones who wanted to ride themselves, obviously, well, Craig just turned up, um, and then me, Gabrielle, Elodie and her nan were all waiting in the foyer for Chris Rankin to come down, and it's like, I had to use my phone as a card payment machine, I think, and I was waiting on my phone to find out where the hell Chris Rankin was, and then eventually I got a message off him saying he was already at the, at the event. So we drove uh, everybody up there, and I... Got the car payment machine going and uh, then um, went briefly back into the hall and got uh, sort of growled at by um, by Craig Fairbrass because he expected queues of a thousand people. And I did explain to him our footfall's 500. It's you're never going to get a 5,000 queue of 400. And, and it's not my fault if... And if the agent still didn't tell him. In fact, our expected amount was about to 250. So... Um, Anyway, after, I, I, I was a bit upset by Craig and, and Julian uh, Seeger being a bit sort of upset by the... They were, were, were a bit quiet at the beginning of the day, because, but the, we were busy, but they were quiet because everybody was looking out around all the, all the stalls and stuff. Um, so that sort of upset me a little bit. I was sort of set, the, set me off in a bad mood for the beginning of the day, even though we were really busy and everybody was really happy. It was, it was running along really nicely. But um, I charmed um, Craig 
as the day went on and in the end we we became firm friends on the other hand that chris rankin who uh, if anybody doesn't know is uh, percy weasley in the harry potter films absolutely wonderful charming chap led grace Orkin, lovely girl nothing like her agent absolutely she's not that fussed about anything really just wants to go along and meet people and be friendly and go back home so yeah i think uh, a lot of expectations were were just generated by her agent she was a really nice person they're all really really nice to a certain extent but um it was it was a, a the morning was really stressful and because of that I didn't get the recording devices set up correctly to record any <laughs> interviews on stage. Uh, I gave Debbie Melrose a recorder and said, well, just because Valile, Valile Shabaladi, everybody must know who Valile is. Um, she is. She was sat on the 20 megabyte Doctor Who podcast area. And so Debbie and Tom Melrose were sat next to her all day. So I gave her a recorder, but apparently she couldn't get it working to do an interview with Valile. Oh, but no. fortunately... Uh, she did interview uh, uh, one of our our listeners, um, Aaron, which you'll, you'll you'll get that interview somewhere along the line, probably on the on the FancyCon show. But she did manage to interview him, but not Valile, who she was sat with the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't matter because Paul Wilson, daddy of the show. Uh, interviewed everybody on stage so we, we have got a Valile interview but it's a bit echoey because it's recorded with the camcorder mics not a you know a live feed into a recorder so it's not disastrous um but I have to say the Melroses were, were absolutely fab and I think Valile just loved everybody she's just one of these people that loves everybody and I think uh, I got the every time I walked past the, the Doctor Who zone that they had uh, beaming smiles on their faces and I felt as if they were enjoying you know, one being together as a family on that area, and two just being with Valile all day. Really nice person. But yeah, on the event itself, uh, well, it, it beat all expectations. It was, it was um, the the turnout from the public was amazing, and it just went really, really well. It's uh, the only thing that I think we could have done better on was the organisation of the cosplay competition. Competition uh, stage was a bit tight, and there weren't many seats because I didn't expect many people to be there but um, we'll rectify that if we do another one so um yeah i think everybody you know in, we had a small crew we worked really really hard and and it all i'm getting is positive feedback from from it and that's what we aimed for we thought what well, i thought up the event in 2018 so um yeah so yeah um that's all I can I'm say. Really. Again, I, I can put an it event. Looks like to, it's great. It was great. I put uh, I put an event together to uh, you know do interviews with with the celebs and don't do any interviews with the celebs myself. It doesn't work sometimes, does it? But there you go. So yes, Fancy Corn Three um, success. That's all I can say. And I'm thinking the next show will be the one that has all the uh, the Q and A interviews that we did. There's not many of them to be fair. About five. Um, oh, the other ones I forgot to mention: uh, David Howe and Samantha Howe. David Howe obviously is a, a Doctor Who expert. Um, he's got lots of books out about Doctor Who and whatnot. Um, nice chap too. And of course, Samantha is an award-winning um, screenplay person. And she's so lovely. So ever get a chance to meet the Howes? And if you've got an American convention, get the Howes over. They'll brighten up your event, you know, easily. Uh, and um, yeah, do it. Oh yeah, they're so, they're great. So have you have you met them? the house i haven't met them uh, but i've heard them interviewed many times yeah well you'll hear them on, on our show uh, potentially next week but if you know anybody who does uh, conventions in america get the house over it's they're so worth worth having over they really are so that's that's fantasy con now we're going to move on to the and next sir, section. master master no, master no because i'm moving on I to the news question now. oh no 
No question. Please, no. please uh, tell me the history behind uh, the that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Is oh, no, that Chitty Chitty replica? Bang Bang. Was that screen used? What? No, it's not screen used. It's built by a very clever chap called Nick Pointing. Now, do you remember we had two TARDISes at FantasyCon 1? There was a bright blue, freshly painted, built one, and we had uh, Roy's screen used one. The screen used one is the one we have at all of our related yeah. events. But the, the, the bright blue new one is the one that you see uh, Colin Baker and, and that lot having their picture with, or ironically at that event. Now, Nick built that TARDIS, um, and he also wow. built the, the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He's a very clever chap. Well, the, so the, it's not the, screen I use. Notice, I, I do have a, a bone to pick about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <gasps> well, because it's got an Isle of White plate on it. Huh? Because it's got an Isle of White plate on it. Basically, it should oh, have a, God, a plate that says mm. I, I. I don't care. Oh, it's it's, it's an Isle of Wight car built built by an Isle of Wight clever <laughs> person. It's just a chitty chitty bang bang. You say that about just anybody who's got a beetle turned into a, a Herbie or you know a, a, um, a DeLorean turned into a time machine. People just sort of modify them. But he built that you from scratch. Know. You know that I would notice something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 whatever. You have to um, message him about that. So, but yeah. <laughs> no. So, well, a brilliant <laughs> event uh, with lots of cosplayers and stuff in that, and you just want to pipe up about the Chitty 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 Disney confirms the 25th of, no- of November streaming date for uh, Doctor Who, the, 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 what, the first of the three specials that are coming up very soon. Uh, very okay. soon, in fact. And now we can actually say that. It's nice to be able to say very soon about a new Doctor Who. It is it? very soon, doesn't it? And, and, and let, let me jump in here because the first well, one that's showing is going to be on the 25th of November. Yes. And I will be at Chicago TARDIS at that time. Well, that you'll, have to, you'll have to cancel oh, it, Barry. no. So if they can do a, a hookup, which I'm sure they'll figure out, mm. sure they will. Um, it's going to be, you know, to the whole convention. Mm. We're going well, to get to watch it all together. Yeah, that'd be good. But I will say, um, Mary, that um, you're probably going to have to cancel your trip to um, the, this uh, Chicago thingy you're, you're going to, I'm afraid. Is that where you're going? Yeah, well, Chicago? I live in Chicago now, so it's yeah, just you'll have to like... Cancel it. Sorry, it's a you've got to stop five minutes away now. We're no, you'll have, have to cancel it, Mary. Sorry. Um, yeah. So, so the the first episode is called the Star Beast, which made me think of that um, that episode that we had with the the Star Whale. That was a beast below. So a similar sort of thing. That's on the 25th of November, and then on the 2nd of December, Wild Blue Yonder, and on the 9th of December, The Giggle. All very quite close together. Those episodes. Very exciting. Hopefully, at the end of the 9th of ninth of December episode, The Giggle, we'll actually get a a, a little teaser trailer for the new uh, Shooter Gatwa series. Talking to Shooter Well, you Gatwa, know that you know when the next one will be. Do I? Yeah, it's, it, they haven't got an actual date, but there's going to be a Christmas special. Well, this year? Yeah, that's what I heard. Yes. Yeah. Ah, well, good. I suppose they would call it a Christmas special if it wasn't going to be this year. <laughs> right. I thought yeah, they were doing and, a Christmas and, special and for next year. they're shifting things back to Christmas. Good. Well, hopefully Shooty will be in that one. Uh, talking to Shooty, um, I watched a film called Barbie uh, yesterday and a uh, very enjoyable <laughs> I'm movie. i that. Very enjoyable. T- tongue-in-cheek film. Um and it's it's got a certain degree of beauty, and I know that not just obviously um, 
uh, Margot Robbie, but the actual film itself has got a, a certain degree of beauty in it. And um, I think they're going to turn it into a full musical for stage at some point. It's uh, very, see, very, very good. Did you, you see it? Shooty in it? Yeah, that's why I said it's talking of Shooty. That's why brought it out. God's sake. Huh? That's why I said, talking of shooty, I watched, oh, for goodness sake, I watched Barbie. It's very good. I, I would recommend it. Um, you don't, it's one of those films you wouldn't expect to like, but you do. It's a very, very good yes, film. Yes, I agree. Um, and it's one of those oh, rewatchable ones, a bit like that, that um, Mamma Mia film. I don't, well, wouldn't watch Mamma Mia again, but you just like it for certain things of, it's very really creative, isn't it? It's just, it's just wonderful. I love it. It takes the mickey out of itself. And one of my favourite bits of the film, and it's not a spoiler, it's the bit where um, Barbie says, oh, oh, I'm not beautiful anymore. And then the, the narrator, which is Helen Mirren, says, uh, obviously um, the, they may have thought of casting somebody other than Margot Robbie to play Barbie in this film for that, that particular segment. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant. Um, yeah, so yeah, go watch Barbie. I know that should have appeared in the What We Watched This Week section, but because Shooty's in it, I'm afraid it had to be... Uh, and there's a couple of other people, well-known faces, British actors that play the sort of the Kens in it as well. Uh, one of which is in um, the uh, what's that Marvel thing that was on too long ago with Samuel Jackson. He played the baddie in it. This, this Secret Invasion. Well. Is that what it is? And um, the yeah. Nipper, who's one of the Kens in it, he he played the the baddie in in that particular series. It's a Welsh actor. So the official okay, may, tra- I point, may I point out a couple of things about the uh, Barbie, the Doctor Doctor Who that's going to be coming up, or will you, you let me eventually? Yes. yes Doctor Who that's going to be coming up. We what spoilers? No, okay. it's observations. Okay. Uh, one thing that uh, someone pointed out on Facebook, I I haven't found found the two things put side by side, but I'm holding up in in my hand. And comparing it against the image on Doctor Who News. I can't see uh, that though, Kirby. I know. <laughs> it's the the uh, Star Beast comic book, Fourth Doctor comic book, yeah. the cover of the first of those two mm-hmm. resembles that the whole layout right. is that, exactly the same. It is. Yeah, it's with the the Roth Warriors on either side, the uh, uh, beep the meep on particular side peering out from behind the doctor and the two kids have been replaced by Donna and uh, Rose oh cool and, well, which is that's pretty cool and it is also cool. yes I said it is cool yes <laughs> thank you Kirby yeah. speaking, speaking of, of Rose I, I don't know why this didn't occur to me until I was watching the trailer again and again and again by the way you can see um, oh, what's her name uh, Rose, um, no. Uh, you can, you can Karen Gillan. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Catherine what, uh, com- Drysdale. What was the companion? That was the, the screaming companion of the uh, six. Bonnie Langford. Six, yeah. Bonnie Langford. You can see her in the background of one of the uh, one of the scenes. Okay. But there's this one scene. There's several scenes where the toy maker keeps throwing rose petals and he's in rose petals. I think that that is related to whatever he's doing to Rose. It says some um, Yasmin Finney as Rose Noble. Obviously she's related yes. to, uh, to Donna. Yeah. Yeah. She's, mm. she's, uh, she's, uh, the, yeah. 
Donna is married uh, to a dad. Married. <laughs> what, what, was, what was his name? Isn't that last oh, the... episode where where they were given the lottery ticket? So you're saying that she's a daughter? Yes. Okay. Rose, Margulies... Rose Noble is is is. Yeah. Yeah, Miriam Margulies Rose, is the voice Rose of the Temple Noble or Rose okay. Noble Temple. Okay. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. And then the by the way, Miriam Margulies is the voice Rose of the meat. Probably named herself after uh, Rose instead of being named by uh, by Donna because she's uh, trans. The character of Rose, the character of Rose is trans. Okay. And the actress is trans. Yes, I think we established this probably about six months ago, but uh, yes. thanks for updating us with, with that, uh, Kirby. Miriam Martin, think, for God's sake. Rose, I think the rose petals are... are Quite possibly so. Miriam Margulies plays the voice of the Meep. Of course, Miriam Margulies is well known uh, for farting a lot, so it'll be interesting to see if some, some of the meeping noises are actually her <laughs> farting. Um Yes, yeah, so that's... Um, yeah, of course, my, my, my cuddling friend, Gemma Redgrave, is also in the stories new writers announced i'm not going to read that because that's boring uh talking doctor no, it's not. yes it is david tennant is to host a documentary on bbc4 to mark the 60th, the 60th anniversary of doctor who in the program show next wednesday sure? uh, isn't uh, it great that we are all excited about new doctor who coming out yes uh, uh i love Oh, so do I. You know, it, it's me all of a sudden I, that, you know, I'm kind of getting, you know, wound up about Doctor you know Who what, again. Do you know what I love about it, Mary, is um, the fact that we've got a new Doctor Who coming up and then I can ready this particular sound effect for when we talk about it. <laughs> I, I don't anticipate I don't anticipate using that. Yeah. I, I mean, what's going to be using it for you? It's going to be using it for Mary. The, the whole thing is, is that we've got we've got Doctor Who with the potential of being like it was back in 2005 with RTD. Some people with loving the, it. Some people hating it. the same composer with oh, yeah. and a big budget. Always I'm just budget. so excited. Big budgets help, but don't, don't always, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I really hope that they're not getting us all worked up and then it's going to be, you know, really stupid, simple stuff. Yeah. You know, I, I'm hoping and anticipating that it's going to be fun. Yeah, I don't want to, to, to just I, use money for special effects for the sake of it. They've got to really, yes. you know, put everything into the writing. You know, if they happen it's to exactly, do, a, a, exactly. you know, the thing, the thing that springs to mind in regards to that is Night, um, what was it called again? The one where the night uh, of the doctor? No, the, the 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 story where the doctor was stuck in that that sort of cruiser thing. Um, oh, oh yes, I know. Which one, it's, it's David Tennant. David himself. Tennant, yeah. On, on, only the whole thing was done in that one a sort of ship. Just that one. Yeah. All the, the actors and that were in that yeah, one. That That's amazing. writing, was, and that that yeah. low budget yeah. but, acting and yeah, acting. Yeah, writing and acting and, and, and direction. Was that forty two? No, no, that was not forty two. It was. No, oh, was I can't any of us remember the name of that. Was it Nightmare or something like that? I can't. I can't remember. Anyway, I'll, I'll yeah, come was, up with it, it here in a second. It was just yep. brilliant. So I know it was an RTD story, oh. but um, that's what I'm saying. That was, I mean, if midnight. You look, Come on, midnight. Midnight. That's it. Midnight. That's it. The other thing you've got to bear oh, into consideration. Yeah, I like midnight. Big budgets should should just um, you know, look at the Marvel films, and it's not a lot of the Marvel films I don't think are, are brilliantly written story wise, uh, but they obviously got special effects that you know enhance that that situation. But it's got to be that you've got to really got to have a really get. I mean, that's what they need to do. Get um, 
the chap who was that? The chap who wrote the Mandalorian. What's his blooming name? He also directed Dave Iron Filoni Man. or um, John Favreau. John Favreau, yeah. Get him to write some Doctor Who, or or just direct it, or or just uh, sort of plough the the extra money into what he does, which is you know Master. that would work really well. I think he could do Master. that. Well, and just look at the story that we just watched and we're talking about. I mean, that was tons of, of CGI and other special effects, and that didn't help it at all. No, no. Exactly. Well, that, that worked. Again, if you look at the Crib Chibnall stories, and I was talking to uh, Mickey Lewis. <laughs> yes. actually he currently still works on Doctor Who, and even he admitted that, that Chris Chibnall's not a very good writer. Master, Master, Master. Yes. It, it's so lucky that uh, Doctor Who is working with Disney because they obviously need to get permission since Disney owns Marvel for a uh, unit, a secret, a secret organization called Unit to take over Stark Tower. Oh. <laughs> anyway, I was uh, going to say, of course, yeah. we know that. Um, <laughs> Based on the. Uh... Uh, that oh yeah, I was going to say something. Yeah, so the the, Doctor Who is going to be on iPlayer from classic to new so all those people have bought their dvds and downloads well except except an unearthly child except an unearthly child i don't matter i've already got an unearthly child uh, well yeah so do we all but but that that guy is nuts well, oh, why not an unearthly child yeah. uh, i don't know how Copers. they let that kind of thing happen the, the uh, well, he did the same thing ten years ago. The son of the writer of An Unearthly Child is, is is being uh, a pain, mm. and he he wants That's money. Putting it not mildly. He wants yeah. money. It's a shame oh, they yeah. didn't. They, the BBC the didn't thought of think. Okay, well let's stick to the original copyright laws that where the copyright only lasts for fifty years, and they they yeah. would have been able to do it. Uh, he 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 lost the doing the same thing ten years ago. Mm. Uh, mm. So he's going to lose this time, but he's. He's just being a knob. You're just making yeah. it up, but he obviously doesn't mind. I think he's mentally unwell. <laughs> he do, obviously doesn't Sorry. mind uh, by having that reputation. Uh, right he, 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 he is now threatened to uh, give the copyright of uh, an unearthly child to Russia. Yeah, to Russia. Of course, that's the first thing they're going to be thinking. Oh, no, we can do everything with this uh, ropey old uh, Doctor Who story. Right then, yeah. so uh, <laughs> now it's what we watched this week. So I have actually managed to get through series two of Picard. Um, I'm so relieved for, you know, I'm finally in series three. I've, I've watched it, episode one of series three, so um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of that. Uh, oh, I also yeah. started watching time. Beckham, but only watched a little bit of it on Netflix. Uh, what else have we watched? Uh, oh, there's a new series of new. We talked about traitors uh, a few weeks ago, Robert. There's a new series of actual yes. traitors. When I say actual traitors, the, the BBC series that they've been little teasing of that. Big Brother's back oh. on. That's been quite. When's that starting? Oh, I haven't said yet, but it's soon. New series with obviously with Cla- Claudia Winkleman presenting it. It was towards the end last year, wasn't it? It may well have been, but they, they're teasing it now. They're doing the little t- Tree Traitors logo and shots of traitors. Even on Strictly Come Dancing, yes. Claudia was there doing a bit of observation. There was a traitor sort of stood next to her in the robes and everything. So they're doing lots of heavy hints mm. for Primos, the return yeah. of, of traitors. Cool. Um, uh, what else have I been watching? I've been off uh, off work this week, so I've been able, been able to indulge in things like Maths UK and Big Brother and uh, <laughs> oh, stuff like that. Um, well you off work because I'm on holiday I've had to have a week off to recover from fantasy con yeah that's what I reckon too (laughs) Um, that's understandable yeah 
So, um, yeah, I can't remember. I haven't been to the cinema. I watched Barbie, like I said. That was quite enjoyable. I uh, watched um, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets last week, and then they put it on, on ITV today, funny enough. Uh, the, a little bit of the end of the Rugby World Cup. Um, I watched a bit of uh, the World Cup cricket, and England were awful, so I didn't watch any more of it. And, uh, yeah, just... Um, just watching stuff we've recorded off the skybox, really nothing apart from like I say, um, there's this I, I'm watching that the Burning Girls because um, Elodie was in it off uh, Paramount Plus. But yeah, it's um, so once I've got through Picard, I'll start picking up Discovery and um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh, I, I nearly forgot episode one of uh, Quantum Leap is because Quantum Leap is now on this of Paramount Plus in the UK. I don't know if yeah. it's anywhere else. Uh, it's and, good, isn't uh, it? It is. I'll, I'll, I'll say I've only seen episode one, but they do. It does feel like Quantum Leap, but they've done it so well that you don't, you, even though yeah, there's a good, the correct amount of detail and the sort of, you know, the the other side of it. Because when the original Quantum Leap was only what Sam was doing, and um, they didn't really yeah. go back into where, what was his sidekick played Project by Project Quantum Scott? Leap. That's the place. What was his called sidekick Project called? Quantum Leap. So. I know. What was it? Owl, wasn't it? Addison. Owl. No, I'm oh, talking yeah, about the Owl old Quantum the Leap. So they didn't really, when Owl's World, he only just appeared as a hologram, didn't see much of what was going on in Owl's World in the original series of Quantum Leap, but there's a bit more of what's going on in the, in the lab, as you say, as they're trying yeah. to sort of retrieve him. Project but but it, the, like I say, I did really enjoy the first episode. It was very Quantum Leapy, and they've done a good job with that. But yeah. I, I, the fact that they've only got one series on there makes me feel they're unlikely to do another one, sadly, unless anybody knows otherwise. So uh, I'll probably remember other stuff I've watched because I tend to do that while other people talk about what they've been watching, eh, Robert? <laughs> yeah. Robert. Robert. Oh, uh, yeah, you want me to? Uh, I've been watching, um, I watched the, re-watched, I should say, the Final Destination movies. Oh, yes. And I I was thinking, I was watching the, the is it the fourth one? Ah, oh, I think it's the fourth one or the last, no, the last one. Uh, which was a prequel the to the one? first one. No, the no, because it's a prequel one? to the first movie, so it's... But, um, just, I was making a little joke, sir. It was very little, yes. Okay. <clears throat> well, anyway, there's this big disaster which happens on this bridge and the bridge collapses and all these people die and, and it's just like a premonition of what's going to happen. But as I'm watching, I'm thinking, I recognise that bridge. And it's the bridge when we went up the mountain in Canada. That was the bridge we used. I'm just thinking I'm glad I didn't remember that happening in the movie when we went across it because I get scared going over these bridges <laughs> and things that are up high. So, no. yeah, um, so it was enjoyable going through all those again. Um, what else? I've been watching The Traitors Canada. Oh, did I know that? Uh, I'm enjoying that. Yes. Although it ended... No spoilers, because then we might get it no, no, in the no, UK. No, no, I'm not saying... I'm just saying the episode that I was watching ended, and they didn't, like, complete the episode. It was just, like, really weird, because they usually have their round table at the end, yes. and then somebody either gets murdered, uh, banished, mm. and then they, the, you know, the traders pot if they're going to murder somebody or whatever. Mm. But that didn't happen. It's just like... They did it really weirdly, so have to watch. This oh, so you week's. mean it's like in the middle of the series? Uh, it's only like episode four. Or oh yeah, they do that sometimes, know. don't they? When they've got a big surprise, they need to cram into the next episode. Hmm. So I don't know what what they're going to do, but um, yeah, been enjoying that. Um, 
just uh, Survivor and The Amazing oh, Race. Oh, Survivor. Yeah, UK Survivor started. We, we watched the first oh, episode yeah, of that. Yeah. Joel Domit presented it. Out. Yeah, that's quite good. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Um, what else? Oh, uh, just the usual shows, really. Yeah. Um, you know, daily shows like Home and Away or whatever. Rubbish. Uh, <laughs> the news. Um, yeah. So that's it, basically. Yeah. I did talk about having watched the um, little biopic on um, Picasso last time, didn't I? That was really good. Okay, um, right, Kirby. Before I go move to Kirby, I just need to find out how long the the episode I've got to publish. Now this is live podcasting. How? O one three nine five O. O one. Hang on, what was that again? O one three nine five O. O Five oh right. So now I've got the information. Three point one four one nine. Press the publish now button, and out goes as I speak now. Ow. Episode five hundred and seventy-one. So um, I can update the Kirby. Um, you may spreadsheet. Dis- I will update the spreadsheet after I've spoken about what I've watched. Uh, yes. Loki <laughs> caught, caught up with Loki. Oh, oh yes, wow. Loki. Oh, yeah, we watched that for dinner. We watched watch. that at dinner time. Uh, thank you for reminding me of that. Episode three I've watched. So be quiet about episode four. Thank you very much. Yeah, I don't know how they're going to get out of this. <laughs> I said, be quiet about episode four. Uh, I haven't watched that it. Was, that was the that was the main thing. Uh, just yesterday, I. Watched um, on Max, what used to be uh, HBO Max, whatever it's called now. They just put out another version, short film of Peter and the Wolf. Uh, this was very interesting. It's the it's a 2D animation on a 3D model background based on Bono's drawings. That is Bono of U2. Oh, I thought it was called Bono. Has he got got a brother called Bono then? Paul Hewson. Paul Hewson? Oh, that's what Bono's name is, is it? Just being a bit of a smarty pants. Anyway, it's it's very well done. Uh, And uh, if you like Peter and the Wolf, like the music, uh, go out and watch it. It was really good. Okay, Bono, whatever. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. My Americans can't <laughs> say the, that that syllable, can they? Like, no, we um, can't. We can't say things. You know, like Davros is Davros, so Bono makes sense in those. I know how to say Davros. No, most Americans call it Davros or like Dave anything Ross. that ends in os. Davros, isn't it? Everything. That, yeah, but anything that ends in os is os, isn't it? Um, it's not os. It's, I, I can't think of anything specifically now, but uh, yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? Uh, I'm trying to think what else I've been watching. Uh, Went out and watched some Avengers, uh, the the original version. Uh, Continued watching a couple of those. What's the original version? Are we talking like 1960s? Yes, we're talking 1960s. We're not talking superheroes. We're talking... Uh, Yeah, Miss Peel is needed. Yes, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> uh, oh, 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 that's right. This past Tuesday, uh, this past Monday, and uh, actually Sunday and Monday, I had I ended up sitting through Dimensions in Time again <laughs> because I was what? on uh, Earth Station Who, where we were discussing ah, Dimensions okay. in Time. You can get ointment uh, you for that, like by the way. Again. <laughs> what? 
He can get ointment for, for that appearing on uh, Spaceship. <laughs> yes. Hey, well, I always mention us when yeah. I'm on, on um, with them. Yeah, always <laughs> mention us, and no bugger takes any notice whatsoever, as usual. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, so uh, we, we thoroughly dissected and threw it down the toilet. <laughs> and, and, of course, I did happen to say that uh, it was better than Orphan 55. <laughs> oh, there's somebody at the door. Ooh. <gasps> Ooh. Oh, you can't have him, sorry. Oh, oh, oh I'm going to be quick. Oh, that's his coat. Thank you. Makes for good podcasting. You're right. Yes, Frog left. Just carry on talking for a bit. Oh, in. I'm, uh, Go on, Gibby. What else? Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Oh, what about you, Mary? No, no, she can't start until... Uh... <laughs> yeah. I can talk. Yeah, you can go ahead. Talk, fill in the time. Don't what am I waiting for? No, no, nothing. Never. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, well, now that basketball is drawing to a close, I mean, uh, baseball, is we're at the World Series point, and there's no team that I'm interested in. Yeah, well, you know, breaks. Anyway, but now I've moved on to basketball. So. <laughs> Most of the viewing time is taken up with basketball, um, but I did watch a, a series that is very interesting that I think any one of you would really enjoy. It's on uh, Netflix and it's called Bodies. Um, you have oh, I've seen. I was wondering what that was. Oh, it's very weird. Very weird. And what is it? It's what? What is it? Well, it's. Yeah. Uh, it takes place over four different time streams where a um, the, the body of a man who's been shot through the eye uh, shows up naked in every one of these time streams. It's the same guy in every one. And then the detectives that are investigating, you know, so we're going from like 1870s up to 2050. Um, every detective um, is investigating this and one of them starts to get the idea that there's more going on here than what meets the eye and and so they start investigating the they're seeing that you know this happened before I like your pun there mary you're like my what so in in truth it's a time traveling story um, but how they tie it together and how they manage to manipulate events, it's, it's very interesting. So, yeah, I would recommend you get into it. Um, it's very well done. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. When, I heard, when I heard bodies, I was thinking about that, that uh, museum exhibition from like 15 years ago of all the well, bodies. Have the bodies all dissected and then yeah. you can see all the veins and you can yeah. see okay. Yeah, I would have, I would have loved to have seen that exhibit. Is that when they plasticize everything? Yeah, I, I saw it and it, it was fascinating. Yeah, every aspect of the body, what was redone in in like a polyam, poly something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. It's so awesome. so when you said bodies, <laughs> yeah, that's what you thought. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a documentary on how they did it. <laughs> yeah, no. No, no, no. This is a uh, not quite. <laughs> This is a, uh, a time traveling uh, mystery, so it's great. 
Okay, I'll take a look um, at it. Chris, also on Netflix, I've been following the British Bake Off, you know, which oh, I yeah, always enjoy. Oh, yeah, we watched that. Yeah, we watched that. Hoping Deb would be on so we could uh, chatter about that, but she's not here. Um, in my Big Finish listening, I'm in the middle of a series called Once in Future, um, which is their 60th anniversary um, output. And it basically is it, the doctor and, and like all the doctors are in just about every episode, but each one focuses on one of the past doctors up yeah. to, you know, the present. What volume are you up to now? Um, I've, done third, I've done three of them so far. Um, the, what, the first one's called Past Lives, um, and the second one is called Artist at the End of Time. That's a really good one. Um, and then the next one I, I just finished listening is Genius for War. Uh, and there's six, seven, there's seven or eight of them, so I'll be, you know, yeah. Through all of them. I think seven, only seven have just been released. I think seven just got released. Yeah, and they're holding off the last one until the 60, the actual 60th. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that should be good. It should tie up, you know, because each one of the the doctors is dealing, you know, with an issue that I think is probably going to be all tied up in the last one. So, so it's a nice series from finish. Um, and I'm reading Dominators. Uh, and let me tell you, it's a much better read <laughs> than it is a TV show. You know, the, the, doc, the second Doctor, the Dominators. Yeah, uh, yes, I remember. Yeah. Yes, we did it once upon a yes, time, didn't definitely. we? Yes, mm. definitely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I read that ages ago. Mm. Yeah, ages ago. Um, yeah, so it, I, I like reading the Target novels. Well, um, that was Ian Martin, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, was it Ian Martin? Right. The novel, yeah. Okay. He wrote the novelization of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's what He does a good job because uh, he gets in – he puts so much more background in the stories and, you know, where, where they have those silly little robots in in uh, the second yeah, yeah. – What, the clocks? The, the forks, yeah. Um, I'm picturing them entirely differently based on the description that uh, yeah. that, he, that the writer gives. So, yeah, it's much more much enjoyable be, to read much it. Much better in your mind. Um, and and something that I've just recently discovered and maybe you guys are already aware of this um, the Sky Arts series um, the one that I've discovered and started watching is called the the Sky Arts um, Portraiture of the Year Awards I was hoping you were going to say that because uh, it's one of my favourite shows and I've just watched the one they call Sky (laughs) Yeah, I know, but we watch a lot of stuff when, uh, this week, we're having a week. But this one, I oh, we, we always watch Sky Arts um, Portrait Artist of the Year and Sky Arts yeah. Landscape Artist of the Year. Yeah, now, there's also the Landscape Artist, but I was, I'm was i less interested in that, but I do love watching the Portraiture yeah. of the Year competition. Um, now, that's on Max here. Yeah, yeah. If interested. So uh, is that the one that Joan Bakewell pre- um, presents with? Um, yes, yeah. yes. Now, um, did you have the one that was a portrait artist of the decade where they had Dame Judy Dench as the, I, I, the subject? I'm only on the second second season oh, of really? it. Oh, really? That was about that was eight years ago. Well, I know, but it just now showed up oh, on okay. uh, American, you know, streaming TV. Yeah. So uh, it is so but good that that's it that is program. so good. I'm I just love watching yeah. those those portraits come to life yeah. and, and the people that they choose to be the sitters yeah. are so that Kirby knows. 
Um, they're people who are well known in, in England, of course, yeah. and Wales and Ireland. You know, they're broadcasters and actors and stuff. So some of them I've never heard of, but some of them, um, like was it Maisie uh, from Game of Thrones yeah, yeah. and Doctor Who? And Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. She's you, one of the sitters. When you watch the earlier ones, Mary, there's there's obviously people that are well known in Britain on it who then become well known all around the world because they become more yeah. successful. Yeah. Um, I know, and, and sometimes I have real superstars on. I had Ian McKellen on a couple of years ago. So, oh. um, you know, it, it is surprising sometimes they get some really sort of and a good sort of diverse um, sort of from people from different societies and different. You know, they have lawyers on it. Some famous lawyers, politicians. Right. Um, right. You know, all sorts well, with, of people that are from different walks of life that are really just famous or well or successful, you know. Well, with the landscapers, do they do anything especially a special? The landscape like, artist are, are of the year in the sites. Yeah. The landscape artist of the year is done in a It's the same judges and presenters, apart from when in the early days it was Frank Skinner was that was the support presenter to Joan Bakewell and they, they changed it um, halfway through. But, yeah, they go to various locations around Britain. Um, and the different thing with there, they have uh, uh, they have their set professional and um, what not what they call it, amateur painters in the competition. Then they have this thing called the the wild cards so they have about 50 people that just rock up on the day and they do the painting and they'll pick a winner from the wild cards on each episode and then the, then they'll pick an ultimate winner from all of them to go into the final with the other oh, oh. contestants this is in the landscape landscape right? one yeah but yeah they go around the country and then they'll even um, have somebody talk about the the location that they're painting uh, and they mm. have so many different types of artists that paints they some people they do mosaics uh fabric uh or, or oh, just yeah plate. i did i watched yeah. one fabric artist yeah. do a portrait and i'm so i'm so sad that they didn't pick hers because hers was so interesting yeah. but yeah it's the same format it's got very much the same feel about it um yeah and, and it's the same sort of prize so at the end of it they get uh the winner of the whole competition gets to uh, uh to paint they commissioned to paint somebody or something you know for a gallery uh, in the uk um and yeah it's a it's a magical program because it, it everything it you know, you've got I, four hours or as, or as joan yeah, bakewell says really <laughs> four hours four hours to paint whatever it is um, yeah, yeah. but at the end that's, of it they, they no get when they, whoever wins it gets an unlimited amount of time to 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 uh, mm. paint i love the fact also in the portrait artist of the year they've got to submit a self-portrait um yeah which i love those self-portraits yeah but yes yeah, a really good series you'll, you'll love that for there's lots and lots of those if you're only in series two there's lots and <laughs> lots of, of those because <laughs> they just started well, series 10 <laughs> yeah they've just started series 10 uh, it's here, just amazing so. to me that there are that many artists that can mm. do that wonderful of a job. Yeah, I'm surprised America hasn't picked that up because I'm sure there's lots of um, yeah, amazing artists in, in the U.S. It's just too slow moving. Maybe America, they don't think American uh, viewers, mm. you know, would would like to watch because it is a pretty slow moving program. Yeah, maybe they just need their own uh, version of Sky Arts. So they don't. Yeah. Sky Arts covers all sorts of. Um, art-based things, all types of art. You know, it's mm. it's a fabulous channel, really is. Mm. Okay, so well, that's what I've been watching. Splendid. Uh, for the this is um, I just want to show the viewer, Lillian Robin, who says, "Don't you dare stop the live stream." 
Uh, and also said the doctor saying Clara had a tight skirt was not very doctory. Well, he wasn't actually the doctor when he said that, was he? This is a signed oh, picture. No, it was. It was the doctor. Oh, right. Right. It was the doctor. This yeah. is a signed picture of Gabrielle Glaister playing Bob in Blackadder. Signed to oh. Debbie. You see, it's to Debbie. Love from Gabrielle Glaister. Now, because Debbie didn't get a chance to meet Gabrielle, so uh, and um, so I got Debbie her to there? sign that. And this is the other picture that she she wanted a while back. It's the it's the Michael Jason picture, which I've I've put in a flippy thing for Debbie to have, but she hasn't clicked it yet. So that may stay here for quite a while. <laughs> how, how come Debbie didn't meet Bob? I don't know. Yeah, she, maybe next time she's on the show, you can ask her. Um, she could have done. I don't know. It's just, I think she got up to meet her, and then she uh, we'd already taken her. To back to a hotel at the end of the event. <gasps> no, but uh, I don't know. She's very approachable, so she could have done. Um, that uh, for this week is is about it. Oh oh uh, oh oh! I know it's not. Did want to? I did want to point. I got a notification from Amazon uh, that I am. I pre-ordered the Underwater Menace uh, animated version, and now I have a date for getting it. Oh, cool. Uh, January the 9th. Thank you for that. I'll, I'll put that in the diary. <laughs> um, what's uh, what's what's the next story? Something of the Doctor, isn't it? Because these are the of the Doctor stories. The, the, the name, name of the Doctor. Of the name, name of the Doctor. Oh, that's it. That's the next one. It has been teased all season. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that um, certain members of the family have become a bit sort of not so much obsessed with Lego. Now, my son-in-law, um, <clears throat> Kyle... Um, Is it your missus? What? What did you say? <laughs> anyway. Is it your missus? No. Um, yeah, so my son-in-law um, uh, just builds it's these... Human... What? That was a joke. Well, not a very good one. Anyway, so my son-in-law has got <laughs> Just buys massive Lego models and builds them. And he's got a room full of them now. All quite expensive, to be fair, but I suppose I'd rather he spend his money on something creative than other things that people could spend their money on. Uh, yeah. And he's also got Alicia into doing it, and Alicia's building these uh, oh, Lego yeah. builds and, and saying, oh, these are really good, they're so therapeutic, you should do it, Dad. Which has then inspired Deb to get me uh, to... Uh, so finally, the, and behind me, I've got uh, the Doctor Who Lego, which I acquired a while back. It's actually been completed over there. And in the other room, currently in the, in the process... Did just have a baby? What? You looked at a baby could build a DeLorean. Oh, no, she, I'm oh, sorry. I thought, <laughs> yeah, she's had a baby, but she still has. God knows, she's got a baby attached to one breast and she can do the Lego with the other hand. Anyway, she, she's she's building stuff. Um, but no, I've got, I've got a DeLorean in the other room, which I'm currently. And the good thing about it, you get this Lego expensive. DeLorean. I think Deb, Deb allowed me to buy this because we did because I, I I paid for LED's Ooh. thing out of my own money and I've been paid it back, so I've got money to. She said, "Oh yeah, okay, we go to Samsung. You've got two hundred pounds. First time that's ever happened to spend on yourself." And I, I'm Ooh. quite happy with what I've got. But so we went into the Lego shop and it's a beautiful place, the Lego shop. Um, and I thought, oh, God, there's nothing there already that's within a reasonable price band. I would like. And then I spotted this DeLorean. Oh my God, the Lorian! So I, I just picked it up, put it in my arm, and walked out with a big smile on my face. I think I'll have this. Yeah. So I've been in the process of building uh, uh, the DeLorean. And the good thing about the Lego sets is you get, it's like, I can't it's about 9,000 pieces or something like that. But 
each each segment of the the instruction book you have a, a bag of bits uh, and you empty those bits out into a tray and then you just looking at the diagram you assemble them as you go and, and you do it bit by bit it takes a while but it is therapeutic and you can watch tv programs while doing it and it suits me down to the ground so i can just it keeps me awake for things i normally fall asleep for it's great so um <laughs> yeah i i would agree with with it's expensive but it is um, therapeutic because it's like doing a jigsaw puzzle i got some indiana it. jones lego years back did you assemble yeah. I like doing jigsaw puzzles. Did you did you assemble the What you need Indiana to do, Jones? Master? Oh god, yes. What you need to do is take that DeLorean and uh have it uh run into the TARDIS. And well, unfortunately the t- DeLorean is a lot bigger than the TARDIS um, my model of the TARDIS which is up behind me. Oh, it, right. it wouldn't quite work. Um the other one I think Deb bought me a, a smaller version of Hogwarts Castle which is quite charming as well. So that's something I'll, I'll be, be able to assemble maybe nearer the Christmas time. And I was looking at this wonderful um, Pac-Man machine, which uh, they, Lego have done. It's basically, and it's got working parts in it, so you wind this hand. An and arcade all, machine. All the, yeah, and all the Pac-Man move around the screen. Yeah. So this is when it finished, obviously. You have to build it and finish it, but it's so cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, of course, my, my son-in-law spent uh, £500 on, on this... <laughs> this massive star wars thing it's a pointy thing Some, something cruiser or something it's huge it's about, it's about the size he, t- he had when he bought the box out of the shop it only just fitted into his car um it's something cruiser he's already got a millennium falcon that's not as star that's not cruiser big. is it the star cruiser the star cruiser uh, star destroyer sorry i don't know i don't anything about isn't them harrison ford in one of them star wars i don't know anything about star wars how's the thoughts in star wars darth vader is he in it something like that never heard of him uh, what did you say i've got to google it now something cruiser yeah, star wars is darth vader and star it is destroyer star destroyer yeah. star destroyer is a big triangular triangular star shape. destroyer lego here we go uh star destroyer lego oh that's because i know star. that's a big set oh yeah, it's the imperial star destroyer that says retired though so there's I'm a new correct? version of it yeah the one he's got is a new version i was of right it. Yes, you're right, yes. There's a new version yeah. of it, but it's still humongous. Uh, he's already got quite a yeah. lot of way through it. I wanted to get the Titanic, but it's like 600 quid, so I decided not yeah, to get I've it. Yeah, I've seen that one, yeah. <laughs> 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 Outloans soon, too. The good thing about, I will say, too. though, the good thing about Lego is it doesn't decrease in value. It, it retains it. The, yeah. the Lego bits, models, retain their value after they're built because Lego I don't. thought I thought toys uh were better if you don't ever take them out of the package. Um no because it's still a collectible item because Lego don't keep uh, their their products out for very yeah. long. There's there's one set I'd like to have that's not probably would be worth more box but yeah. Well, no, it's not. They're just the same. They don't decrease. As long as you've got all the parts within that, that model that you've built, as long as you have all the parts, then it still retains its value because of yeah. the collectability of it. Yeah, you yeah, that value is only good if you're going to uh, uh, sell it or trade it someday. Yeah, well, that's, that does work because I'd like to have the, the oh, Stranger Things that. Upside Down set, which is not available anymore. Um, but you can buy it second hand for about £200. Um and I think it's sold at 179, so it does oh, retain really? its value. Right, the uh, the item that um, Kyle got is um, 75,252 bits. Oh no, that's the <laughs> item number. Yeah. Big bug. 4,008, 4,784 parts. 
uh, oh to this God. particular imperial oh star. Destroyer. Yeah, there's also the Colosseum in Rome. Apparently, that's a big. Yeah, I've seen that one. Too. Yeah, the one, well, the other one yeah. I quite like the look of was the Gringotts Bank set, which that was about four hundred pound though. It was a beautiful set though. The detail on it's incredible, and it also has um, brings a certain amount of um, personality to the, the to the set. So whoever designs these obviously has a certain love for you know for the uh, things they're putting together and yeah so uh, you a bit i'm building this like i say the delorean i've done i've got to bag three and i've just got this little square thing with lots of bits added so it doesn't look anything like a delorean you should, you should take photos of your progress if you're going i have done that thank you robert okay. i'm not p- oh, publishing good. yet until i've done i'll do a tiktok once once i've finished it so <laughs> But yeah. So anyway, as I was saying, next week it's the hang on something of the doctor. Name of the doctor. Name of the uh, doctor. Name of the, name of the doctor. Yeah. And uh, according to my diary, I should be okay because it's Guy Fawkes night. That's uh, uh, is that that'll be exactly a year since the previous fantasy con. Um, and I've got a Sarah Millican show the day before. So unless Deb says otherwise, uh, I should be all right for the fifth of November. Okay. So um, I will plan on asking for a uh, feedback. Will Never you? remember the fifth of November. I won't be able to do the twelfth of November though. <gasps> there you go. I'm just saying. So, well, let's be, Let we take a look at at a calendar. We are. We have rather rambled on this evening, and still yes, we oh, have. we've got three viewers now. God sake. Um, and it was wow. only supposed to be a little bit shorter than this, but uh, I think we've managed to engage in a decent quality conversation in this particular instance. Okay, so so I should remove uh, the twelfth. From the my calendar, gotcha. <laughs> Remove it from the calendar. It will yes, still happen absolutely. again, whether it's there or not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how. You well, yeah, fine. Hmm. <laughs> oh, you know the twelfth. The twelfth of November is the anniversary of the Hill Valley Lightning Strike. So you should have your DeLorean finished by then. <laughs> that would be useful. The good thing about the DeLorean again, you, you can have it. it in, you've got three choices of how you want to finish it. Eighty-eight. Just, can I speak? The, the, the DeLorean, you've got three choices of how you want it to finish at the end, whether it's got the lightning rod coming out the back of it, whether it's got the fusion thing at the back for the chucking the rubbish in, oh, yeah. or whether it's just the, the pre, you know, its first trip in the car park. So there's three different versions. I, I think I'd probably go for the, the future one with the, the fusion thing in the back of it rather than the, the rod sticking yeah. out. We'll see what happens at the yeah. end of it. <clears throat> right, so, like I say, oh, I was going to say something, I've forgotten what it was now. Oh, well, you can always bear it. One one week and one the other. You know? I've remembered what I was going to say now. So the next time we're recording next Sunday, but I should be putting out the Fantasy Con um, interviews episode um, between now and then. So that will make that episode 574. Cool. Because this is 574. Okay. And of course, our last ever episode of the 20 Megabyte Doctor Who podcast is 600, isn't it, Kirby? I... <laughs> He's gone very quiet. <laughs> I I think you threw him there. (laughs) I know I calculated it once, but right at the moment, no, I don't know. Well, it's not possible, is it? So we can get through that many episodes in in 26 episodes of of this show to get to the end of the journey. How many many, um, episodes left? I've got no idea. Quite a lot. We've got the whole of the Capaldi era. Quite a lot. The whole of the Capaldi era, the whole of the... uh, Oh. the Whitaker era and some of the well the, ne- the second tenant era would have done by then and then we'll have the probably 
what's been going on with the Gatwa era. So at some point, uh, we will reach the point in which we come to the end of the journey, but the journey will continue in a different fashion. So I would probably think we'll probably just do oh. episodes when, as and when episodes come out, like the, the yeah. yeah, like what's that other podcast that I used to quite like? Uh, the two guys, one knew about Doctor Who and one didn't. Um, what was that one called? Bigger on the Inside. That was a good Come podcast. Come, Kirby. Bigger on the Inside podcast. That was a great Bigger show. Bigger on the Inside. My favourite oh. podcast. Oh, you know, uh, we've been doing neck to neck with uh, Tim Dury. He just did uh, what we spoke about tonight. Just last year. So, so, we're now absolutely both you know he's doing the same thing he's going through the journey Sorry, who's who's doing it tim drury <laughs> and he usually listens i wonder why he didn't he's probably because recording it's probably check. he's probably doing them um, the name of the doctor just to overtake us yeah so, so he'll <laughs> yeah. So he's got too yeah, much he, time in his hands he, he? he falls he falls behind at times we were way ahead and then he was he was ahead but he falls behind uh because he then records entire Either episodes of inter- interviews. So who falls uh, behind? Vengeance. Huh? Who, who falls behind? Tim Drury. <laughs> anyway, uh, so next time is probably the Fantasy Con episode. The one after that, which we record next week, will be the name of the Doctor. So uh, okay. until then, thank you for listening, watching, taking part of the show, and um, the, well, uh, bye. Goodbye, fancy pants. The 20 Megabyte Doctor Who Podcast is an APV Services production.
sponsored by whoon.co.uk and lavazi.co.uk. We are proud members of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Doctor Who is a trademark of the BBC. No copyright infringement intended. The music on this podcast is covered by limited online music license from PRS for Music. License reference LE 0030512.